falling on my head And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling So I just did me some talking to the sun And I said I didn't like the way he got things done Sleeping on the job Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling But there's one thing I know The blues they send to meet me Welcome to Tales from the East End, episode 35, sponsored by Peachtree East. And we're going to talk about Bray last week, Limerick on Friday, and it's the last game of the season. So we have some surprise guests in the studio today, and questions from the East End may not be over just yet. So more on that in a minute. So I'm Gary Parsons, as usual, and alongside me is the Prof. Carl Royley. Hello. And we do have a couple of lads in Johnny Blue's bar with us. He's green, he's white, he knows the balls are shy, it's Lugie Bourne. Lugie, welcome to hey. Johnny Blue's. Alright lads, cheers for having me. And he's the smartest man in the room. It's James d- 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 Duna. Welcome. Cheers, boys. Nice to have you. So, what do you think of the place, lads? Yeah, it's deadly. Just saying there, we love one of these ourselves. What's the ball? And I thought it was coming to an actual bar today, so I was a bit shocked walking out here. But. <laughs> That's the misconception, though. <laughs> so, you can't tell anyone where the place is. It's a secret. So, um, see, we have a C from Windsor Park up there. If you look to, to your left, that was thrown at us by a PSNI officer up in Linfield. Uh, we've got a famous Twiggy signed photograph from the first ever Derby and Tala. Uh, we've also we've got a brand new stand that's getting a coat of varnish getting ready for the Monty Madness on Sunday all ready for the end of the season so there's all sorts of stains and stories all over Johnny Blue's bar nice yeah. picture of you there Gary as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a Pat's kit yeah and now he wants him to go down yeah. <laughs> that was under Pat Dolan actually and uh, I'd say absolute gentleman and no bad words to say about him and uh, we, Carl, what with Gary Shaw and Pat Flynn in here as well. Yeah, they were very impressed. They were impressed with the so place. Big, yeah. big act to follow that. If the walls could talk, so uh, we've got the with the stand. We've our special on Sunday, and it's going to be a big one, gents. We've cans supplied by Cario. We've food by Peachtree. Spot prizes from Shamrock Rovers. A potential darts clash of the century. Rod the Hooligan Connolly versus Johnny Blue Parsons. He's challenged them to a game, and uh, things are set up nicely, Riley. And Luke, you're a bit of a foodie. Have you tried Peachtree East? Yeah, yeah. Uh, brand I recommended to me. So oh, I yeah? Went down a few weeks ago before one of the 15s games. Had a lovely little breakfast down there. Super food central, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So it's some good stuff. And Carl, the beef cheek. Oh, that's lovely. The beef cheek. <laughs> what about you, Jamesy? Can I call you Jamesy? <laughs> you all right with that? Yeah, yeah no problem, mate. <laughs> uh, so Tom will be dropping in soon as well. The big man said, we get a five-a-side team going here. Yeah. We're actually looking for players. We might as well ask them now. We have Shawzy, he's agreed to go on our Pride of Rings end team. We need two more. Just fancy it, lads? Yeah, sign me up. So that's doing it, Lukey yeah. and Shawzy. These are yeah. our ringers. Carl, we won't get a game <laughs> at this stage. Know, yeah. So uh, we're looking good for that. Right, so we'd actually planned this show for a long time, and Carl, the amount of back and forth we've gone with this has been insane. Well, initially it was meant to be uh, Lukey and Tomer, and then uh, James shocked the world with his perfect hand. <laughs> And uh, uh, James, you've been gloating in the dressing room all week, have you? Yeah, <laughs> getting 
to stick off all the boys off. <laughs> and Luke, you thought the questions were soft. So in fairness, Carl gave you a few softies. But uh, we're here to settle the score. There was a few softies, admit it. Yeah, the certain uh, the cat. Yeah, I yeah, think so. No, but the, some of the things <laughs> answers were coming from elsewhere in the room. So very, very true. Yeah, it was a great. It was, it was a good crack, though, wasn't it? And what's what's James been like to deal with in the dressing room? Big uh, head. We haven't really seen eye to eye since. Serious. There's been some hard tackles and training. <laughs> Yeah, but we have some reaction here. It's uh, Gary Slevin. He said, great show, great variety, I guess, and doing a smashes the quiz. Get in. He loves you, right, Gary Slevin. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a classic DJ from years ago. Yeah, I've seen his piece on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Check out his old stuff. Uh, DJ Gage, I think his name was. Uh, great DJ from years ago. Uh, Alan Kinsley, the quiz was brilliant. Bill Gleason said he might have to change his player of the year vote after listening to that. <laughs> James E. Cook, he was on our quiz team with Carl at the, at the start of the season and we could see his potential. The fact that his phone battery died was a mere coincidence. Remember that, James? We mark well, it's the funniest thing of this two and ages and the best twist in a screenplay since The Usual Suspects. 10 out of 10. Like yeah. Kaiser Soze, you are. Yeah. The greatest trick the Dune ever pulled. Yeah. Yeah. He's convincing the world that he's a fool. <laughs> So, so questions from the East and we'll definitely be back next season. Maybe a few changes, a couple of tweaks, but uh, definitely be back. And who will be defending their title, Carl? We had a couple more comments, actually. It was just Peter Fitzpatrick wrote, Good God, lads, how did that happen? <laughs> Ray Wilson said, go down in Robert's folklore. And Anthony Kelly says, I think Lukey had a case. The questions seemed to be easier than other weeks. Oh, and I know he agreed with that. So we, the fans are speaking. The fans are speaking. So after lengthy discussions with Lukey's legal team, it was decided that the best course of action was to have a playoff right here in Johnny Blue's bar. And that's to crown the undisputed champion. So I hope you've been studying, lads. And uh, we'll take a look at the trophy. Carl? It's behind the glasses. Hold on, we'll have to whip it out. Have you got it there? Sorry on the bar, you see it. So here is the trophy. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a view. Tales of the East End winner, 2017. It's on the table. Luke, he has it in his hands already. Oh, one hand on it. So, um, yeah, we'll get to that shortly, but we want to talk a bit about the Bray game force. So both you lads started. We know Lee Grace or Mikey O'Connor in the match they scored and Brando was suspended. So, Carl, sum it up there. I think they're still, they're still wet from this, eh? I'm still joining now. Yeah, it's unbelievable. My, my it? entire summary of this game is it rained. Yeah, simple. There was a game of football on, but it rained. And uh, only a few people in the way stand. Uh, it's yeah. not really a stand, though. It's more of just a there was like seats. There was four or five there with an ultras flag. And then in the second half, they actually took over the little Rovers press box. Or sorry, the Bray press box. Something you don't and, really see uh, as well, isn't it? Maybe that'll go into Rovers folklore. Like we can write a song about how we took the Bray shed. <laughs> yeah, from the Bray, the Bray hooligans. And as I was coming over, I got off the dirt and I came over the bridge. I actually almost killed someone with my umbrella. Because it just <laughs> it folded inside out and it went right into his face. It's like a dart. So if you're listening, I'm really sorry about that. So uh, was it impossible to play in that wind in the fourth half, Luke? Yeah, like especially defending. It was just, you know, you saw the goal kicks and stuff blowing back over our heads. And it was even hard to see the ball with the rain. But I thought we actually managed it quite well first half. And I felt going out in the second half that we had put ourselves in a good position to... Uh, to win the game but you know we just didn't get going in the second half oh, I used to love a game of ball in those conditions you'd be sliding all over the place it turned into a real battle but um, yeah so Shazzy got injured snapped a bone in two it's humorous so that makes Webby, Pico and Shazzy twice two broken bones this year 
broke a bone in his face. It, and was, his quite, it was quite worrying watching from the stands. I mean, it took he was getting oxygen. It took a long time for him to be stretchered off. So I was quite concerned. I'm sure his teammates were as well. They thought it was his neck originally, didn't they? People thought it was his neck, maybe. Yeah, to just disrupt the first half for you guys, the injury bit. Ah, no, I wouldn't say so. Um, it was yeah, he was roaring in pain and stuff. So I was more just thinking, you know, how bad is it? But uh, no, it didn't disrupt the game. So James, you're starting to get a start now. Uh, do, you, do you fancy holding on to this place in the team? Yeah, hopefully you can nail it down now, yeah. What do you reckon you have to do to stay in the team now? Just keep walking hard and showing off on the pitch then. Showing off on the pitch, yeah. <laughs> I have a peculiar stat for you, actually. You've started four league games this season, but they've all been away from home. None so fancy you have a away weapon. Yeah. But the super sub, seven goals this season. Yeah. Off on the bench, springing from the bench. So, um... So Shazzy told us that he basically snapped his humerus in two and he'll need surgery. So uh, very awkward place to get a break, isn't it? Your upper arm. I wonder mm. how the cast is going to be. Probably going to be one of those L casts. Uh, do you remember that years ago we, we had an L cast on? I don't think you remember. And we were in we were in Time and Park at a Thunderland league, like one of those rides, yeah, and we were sitting on one right. And the, the the thing that comes down to secure you in, well, I had my L cast on, and it didn't secure, and the thing went flying back up, and the, the ride started moving. And I shit myself. I swear to God, I was looking at you going, Carl, Carl, Carl. And it was, it was one of these ones that goes spinning upside down. And it was the most terrifying moment of my life. And I got down just in It was the worst ride ever. I was just, I was just sitting there going, oh, it's the end. <laughs> Nearly lost my life. But, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so he snapped his humours. And uh, have you talked to him at all? How's he doing? Yeah, he had the surgery, which went well. So Surgery already? Yeah, he had Saturday morning. So. Did you bring him in some Kinder Bears, as he likes? I think Michael <laughs> went into him, did he, in the hospital? Yeah, Michael went into him, yeah. He seems to be on the mend now, so... Just and going back to the, the first half, uh, like, the wind was insane. Mm. Like, Kevin Horgan's kickouts couldn't even get 30 yards from the goal. And what was the question we posed that to somebody was for? During the, the questions in East End, one of the questions he asked Kevin was, if you take a, a kick out, the goalkeeper, it goes outside the penalty area, but the wind carries it back in and goes into your own net. The decision is a corner. Well, Believe it or not, yeah. Well, I think it's I a corner. It's one of those little rules that you yeah. don't know. If it yeah. doesn't need the penalty area, it's retaken. So it's definitely... So you can't actually score a goal from your own kick. You know, Butmer would love that. Butmer would love that. So, um, and also the, the Brave fans had a little protest on the far end because I said it was empty, but for a few Rovers fans. And there wasn't like size 12 font or something. Oh, you, you couldn't see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seen it yeah. One set of out, the other yeah. was like... Uh, Bray Wanderers FC is in the wrong hands and then the stewards started fighting them over the stewards? yeah and then the Gardaí started fighting the stewards okay. like over whether they had the right to hold us up or not so it was bizarre you see the thing is as well Bray has potential when you look at Bray it's got what, maybe 70,000 people in the town and they can't get a thousand out of game they don't just back their team I mean look at the, it's got everything going from them by the sea so it's a great day out Bray's a great away trip you get on drink cans on the dart have a bit of crack out there and Nobody goes to the games. It's it's just yeah. baffles me, you know. It really they've, does. They've never got behind. Their no, club they never got behind their club ever. Never. Always have a bad support. So we Boyd coming on for shot. Sure. And um, <coughs> yeah, just off air there, Luke has mentioned that really Cameron King should have squared it to to Sean Boyd that chance. Yeah, just looking back in the highlights, it looked like Sean had an easy chance, but uh, he saw his name in lights. I think yeah. he, he was possessed by Paul Gascoigne. He did a little flick <coughs> over the head, and I was. I was actually like writing this week's show. I was coming up with songs about King, imagining the ball going the net, but then he just tamely volleyed it wide. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I know it was um, 
I mean, we could we could have had we could have had a couple of goals in the first half, but uh, the rain and the wind died down in the second half. Mm. And uh, Green, he got he got a goal. It was a, it was a good strike in fairness. Yeah, it was a belter. As much as we're not really a fan of him, won't go into it right now. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it was a good strike. The last two goals we conceded. Remember the free kick from Stygo? Not too much. Yeah, been, do, two, been two crackers. Yeah, either of them, but uh, the subs, Carl. I thought they were quite young, surprisingly young subs. We had uh, Darren Clark making his league debut. Right. And we had Dean Dillon coming on. He hadn't played in the league since March. So like it wasn't like it was a dead rubber ending. So I was <coughs> I was a little surprised by the subs. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, you could see what Brad was trying to do. You know what I mean? Promote from within and and the youth. I mean, how old are you now, James? Nineteen. Nineteen. So you're you're still, you're still fresh. You know what I mean? You're still only a, a young guy and relatively young in your in your football career in general. So I mean, so most of the time, a lot of players in your age bracket will get caught in the graveyard, as I call it. There's no reserves, there's no B championship, there's no 21s. If you're not getting a game at senior level, you're either playing Lens Senior League or you're not playing at all. Mm-hmm. So you're doing well in that in that yeah. respect, you know what I mean? Because that graveyard is, is, is a killer. If you can't get a game for a Lens Senior League club uh, between the age of 19 and 21 maybe and you're not breaking into a Premier Division club, you're struggling. You're, you're not really playing at a competitive level. So um, we Trevor Clark with the red card. So how many is that this season now, Carl? It's 10 in total. 10 red First cards one. altogether. First one was the yellow. He not so politely asked the linesman whether or not he's blind. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a genuine question. Yeah. I mean, that's okay in my book. But yeah, in discipline, it's a big issue. And um, a lot of games have been left unbalanced due to red cards. We really could have won them. I mean, look, Dundalk on day one, you got Borky, we shot ourselves in the foot. We, we equalised, and two minutes later, he's gone. McAllister out there, we, we equalised. Three minutes later, he's gone. You know, it's yeah. it's... It's something that it has to be addressed eventually. I mean, it's not being done on purpose. That's what people have to realise. It's not being done on purpose. And there was a, there was a good three month gap there after Berkey's red card against Pats, where we'd no reds, and then Finner got that harsh red in Talca. Yeah. yeah. And then we've got a few since then. So. Yeah, so we'd um, we move on now to young Boulder, and uh, rave reviews this season since he's been getting in the team. Um, what do you think? He's a fantastic little player, isn't he? Ah, he? he's unbelievable. Yeah, um, like I've spoke about him before, and I've said it to him. Like he, he does, I mean, like I don't think there's a limit to how far he can go if he keeps his head screwed on and obviously avoids something like an injury. But uh, like he's just the way he pl- he's playing. It's hard to believe how young he is. It's the way he's like at that low center of gravity, and he, the way he can hold on to the ball, it just sticks to him. So he's, I mean, he's fantastic in that center midfield role. And people seem to think that he, uh, he's not exactly your your box to box midfielder he's not going to get you that many goals I don't think but he, I think he can dominate games even at, even at this young age you know you can tell the player is going to be a star or future international when so many fans around you keep saying the same thing like they keep talking to, talking to me about Bolger look at his close control look at the way he is on the ball they all say the same things it's so obvious it's rare though and, and it's rare that that happens that often I mean and to, and to be honest the, the stands have been now we're, we're always in the East stand block M and the stands have been positive most positive since we've seen Michael O'Neill there's not like I mean there's not that many people giving out fair enough we've lost I mean we've lost a lot of games this season but there's, there's so many positives to this and I've never seen it so positive like I said since Michael O'Neill and there's there's not that many players in the squad that we would like to see the, the back of you could say mm-hmm. because we do have, we have a good thing going on at the moment so well, the third place would be a good finish this season Luca you tell me that if we didn't get third place, it'd be a failure. I mean, do you, do you stand by that? Yeah, I think like the position we put ourselves into to get third with the remaining games we had, um, we obviously haven't won now in three. I think in the league, and uh, it's just been a, a 
you know, it hasn't been good enough recently the last few games and we need to finish third. It's a sign of progression from last year and uh, we win we win Friday and we get it, so that's that's all we can think about really. Yeah, so, well, I agree with you, Luke, with that because at the like me me and Carl we've we talked about this at the start of the season. We've got twelve players in, twelve players out, right? Maybe more. So when you think about that, any football team, see people kind of turn biased when it comes to Rovers because Rovers fans just want the best and they see their own team a little bit differently. But when you think about it, 12 players in, 12 players out and to finish toward, fair enough, we've a lot, we've a lot of quality in the squad, but to finish toward, with having that amount of change at the start of the season is, is a fantastic thing. Think about it. It's a really good fucking result. Like it's a, it's a fantastic result this season alone. So I, I, I certainly think that's been a successful season and obviously there's people who are never happy. You have people in the stands who are never happy and... I, I, I think so what do you think Carl? some people are being a bit cynical about whether we finish third or fourth I think it's a 10,000 euro difference in prize money which is not insignificant it's a few quid but, right. uh, I'll, I'll tell you my motivation for finishing third it's because we won't get a huge amount of credit if we finish third and not fourth but if we finish fourth I promise you that will be used against us next season they'll be like 100%. oh no progress same again it'll be used against us Yeah. so that's why, mainly why I want third Right, so um, we're going to move on now, and we have the quiz finale. Jamesy is sweating here. <laughs> so uh, here's how it's going to work. It's a little bit different this time. We've got four categories for the moment, and whoever wins the most categories takes the trophy, so a bit of a spin on it. And if there's still a toy after that, we'll come up with another round to settle it. So uh, <laughs> the boys are stretching out here. So the fourth category is football. How does this work now? Is it just on the buzzer? Uh, no, we were. You know, we were gonna do that. And we, were, we, we were gonna. Have, <laughs> we were gonna have a buzz around. We've been going back and forth with it so much. Yeah, we had so many ideas. We're gonna have loads of ideas for next season. But for this one alone, it's uh, it's a penalty shootout rule. So okay. you so, got yeah. five questions each. Sudden death if required. And James doing it. You've earned the right to go first after his perfect score. So we'll yeah. go James, Luke, James, Luke, all the time like that. So no Abba rules today. And uh, so next up is geography. Round so no, Jay. football first. So football force, yeah, football force, and then the we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> right, so up next we have Jamesy. So James, name the last team to win the World Cup. Um, Germany. Yeah, that's correct. Luki, name the last team to win the Champions League. Real Madrid. Correct. 1-1 one, one. Jamesy name the last team to win the Europa League you know yeah yeah that'll do Luki name the last team to win the Euros Portugal Portugal Whoa. the boys it, are on top one, the boys on. are on top don't worry name He's the last same. team Jamesy to win the Confederations Cup Brazil Germany Luke name the last team to win the Olympics that's an easy one the Olympics ah Brazil yeah Neymar started in that name the last team Jamesy to win the French League Monaco yeah and Luke name the last team to win the UEFA Super Cup Real Madrid yeah the football buffs lads I'm loving this <laughs> and James name the last team to win the Lenser Senior Cup this season not too long ago. Crumb, wasn't it? No, Shelbourne. The cup, <laughs> the cup was hijacked. Is that it one now? Because Nuki is four, two has got two rounds. Yeah, two. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
All right, so what have we got? We've got round two. My sub next is geography. And, James' uh, favourite round. James. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> this is you now, James. What country is this city or town in? Newcastle West. Uh, Australia. <laughs> no, Limerick. <laughs> Australia. Close. Limerick. Luke, uh, Florence. Italy. That yeah. simple. Newcastle West. That's from Australia. Newcastle West. Jamesy. Mumbai. I'll be clear Give it a bash. Give it a bash. I haven't a clue that one. India. That was wrong. Uh, Luki, Pyongyang. There's Thailand. Thailand. Thailand, North Korea. It was in the... In the There's a couple of You forgot there. the Bray link there, remember? Pyongyang. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's Tom. Oh, Thomas is walking in the door here. Oh my God. Come on in, Thomas. We're in the middle of the quiz. <laughs> we didn't get a seat. Welcome to Johnny Blues. Oh my goodness, doing this here too. <laughs> <laughs> you can sit, sit on the high stool there. That's, that's the way I am, I sit on the high stool. <laughs> <laughs> so you've entered just as we're in the middle of the quiz. Let's have a look. How are we doing? Alright. So this is the, uh, the playoff, the this final. Is the playoff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Final. yeah. So James, where is Honolulu? Oh my god. <laughs> Do you know? Don't know, I'm gonna just guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm loving these guesses, dude. Keep guessing. Don't know, Wait, that's Samoa it. No, USA, Hawaii. <laughs> uh, Luki, Havana. I won't, I won't even give you a clue. Tom knows. I know all of these. <laughs> USA. No, uh, controversy, you could say. No, no, it's not close enough. It's, it's Cuba. Ugh. No, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what are we at? One all in this round? Or one nil? No, one nil to you. Uh, yeah, one, one, is it? Yeah, it's one nil. You didn't get that one. So next up we have Jamesy Tbilisi. Can I have a clue? Where we'll give him a clue. Ireland. Ireland played Ireland there recently. played there many times. On George. No. <laughs> Georgia. When did we play? When did we play this? Goodness. And Luki Minsk. Uh, Belarus. Yes. So that's, that's Luki taking the second round. Very easy. So we'll go with the with the fifth one anyway. Johannesburg. Luke. Uh, Jamesy. Would you have got that? Yeah, you would have got I that. that. And Casablanca. Luki. Wouldn't have got that. Morocco. So Luki is two nil up. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, sure. Every single Right, so what are we on now, Carl? I'm gonna go to spellings now. Oh, James. <laughs> so it's also, Carl. Over to Carl for the spellings round. Also, James' favorite oh. round. <laughs> this is gonna be a bit of crack now. They're actually fairly easy the first five. Anyway. Okay, James. He thought he's finished in school. <laughs> <laughs> James, spell the word forty. F O R T Y. Correct. Luke, twelfth. T W E L V T H. It's an F. Oh, 
Det er så tricky, hun har the word gist. J-O-S-T. That's right. Lukey. The pressure here. Siege. S-E-I-G-E. Surprising turn of events here. James Tongue. T O N G U E. That's right. Luke Tattoo. T A T T O O. That's great. I'll be looking at you, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> I get some stick if you beat me in this room. Yeah, you win if you get this. Library. L O A B A Y R. Boy. <laughs> he stuck a rogue an A, a in, in there, there. Just a random A in there. Where the A came from? Liabri. Oh, <laughs> What's that? I'm going Let's to the Liabri today. <laughs> Luke has been shown a lifeline here. Spell the word rhyme. R H Y M E. Yep. Hang on. And James. I was right there on that. Success. S U C. C-S Yes Can you say it again? I was a bit Yeah, a bit mumbled there Say it again, go on S-U-C-C Yes That's two S's Oh, you missed the yes Oh, you're so close Yeah Right, Luki, to stay in it Discipline Very apt, very apt Quite apt D-I-S-C-I-P-L-I-N-E And Oogie's yeah. back really good that Get one. in there That was nice James We're in sudden death now First time Spell knowledge N-O-N oh, <laughs> No, you don't get that No, you can't get no. that okay. No, you don't get yeah, that No, you don't get that No way He right away said no For the win, Oogie Oogie to win it Environment that's easy. <laughs> That's easy, sir. You can't even spell library. <laughs> e N V I R O N M E N T. Yes. We just got confused there. <laughs> <laughs> Knowledge, N O N. Came from two down. Yeah, I'm impressed with that. That's all I always spell all these texts and all that. Right. So now we have an interesting one now. We have yeah. the music. What? Yeah, <laughs> I still want to understand that. I don't understand that. <laughs> so we just have the music round now. And all these songs are uh, songs that you've heard on the show throughout the season. So a change of format. We're going to play the song, and the first person to shout out the correct name oh, of the God. artist. When artist or, or or the name of the song, we'll, what will we go? With? We'll see how long we give it. We'll see how long they. Well, we we'll have to come and decide it now. Don't we? 40 seconds at yeah. most. Well, the first person to come out with a, with a solid answer, yeah. right? If you're both struggling, we'll just move on to the next one. So the first to get three points takes the round. So this is all in our Spotify playlist. So check us out, Tales from East End on Spotify. You'll have all the songs. An eclectic mix, so force them to shout it out. We'll uh, we'll get the point. So listen up, lads. So nobody got that one. That's the Hooplicons. A couple of Rovers fans in Canada, I think it is, who yeah. put out songs every so often. We are a show on Rovers. You wouldn't want to see it, Tom. It's, it's, it's awful. It's quite odd. It's a guilty pleasure. 
We might get back. Oh, yeah. Come on. Is it good points for Manny Sun? Yeah, I think I think we'll have to yeah. We'll have to give him the points, yeah. Yeah, we didn't start the fire, Billy Joe. Go for it. We got Kevin Horgan to sing, didn't we? Yeah. We had him singing uh Sunny Sunny in Philadelphia. Except it's one to Lukey. So mix up. Old people music. So that's a pass on both of them. Go west by village people. Pet Shop Boys did a version as well, didn't they? Surely he was looking at I knew those were the village people, I just can't remember the name of the song. Yeah. Do you want to tell me what this is all about? Half an hour. Give me his name, song, name a song, yeah, just a bit. Oh, and laughing so bad. Even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Maybe treated like a punk, we had with the flag there as yours. Yeah, that's four. Did you know that song? Yeah, have that on the phone. Yeah, same as yourself. Better. Oh, Jesus. Am I up next? You should know this one, Tom. It's oh so quiet. It's oh so still. No, pass again. Wow. What's that? You're gonna be blasted for this one, lads. <laughs> what was that? That's, that's Bjork. It's all, it's also quiet. Oh, so quiet. Huge song. Yeah, I know the song. Because you can name any of this. <laughs> that's why we played. This is the this is the, most, this is the Facebook generation. That's, the most, that's why we blame, blame Facebook. There's a reason song now, so I'm showing you the bone here. What score have we got now? One million dollar. Oh, I think that was my initiation. I think we need to a guy in there. First. Wow. I, I think yeah. it might have been. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did. It was close. Yeah, it was close. I think we'll listen back to it, but I think, I think Lukey got that yeah. just before. So that's 2 0. Alright, next one. Next one, you get Lukey and you're going to win it. That's Queen. Queen. I'm going slightly mad. Next up. I'm going fucking slightly mad. Mr. <laughs> uh, Robert's favourite lads. Oh, yeah. I have to get this one. Lukey's winning that one three. It's a Rovers classic. So that's three for Lukey. Four for the three. Yeah, that's that's the game. So, so that's four it. rounds there, have we? You won three, three the one. 
Right, so that was the quiz finale and Lukey is officially the champ after the controversial day in Kickstarter Fitness. We should have recorded it though, it was a great crack, wasn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so that's the quiz done with and the trophy is uh firemaker. Right, so we have Tomer here now. Tomer's already made his entrance. Welcome to Johnny Blue's bar, Tomer. Oh, thanks for having me. Excited. Yeah, so um, I hope you're good actors, lads. So next up, we're going to have your best impressions and accents. So, Tomer, uh, this might be a tough one for you. In a Dundalk accent, can can you say that? In a Dundalk accent. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll try to... Who's that? Mikey. Mikey has a Dundalk yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure, why, why you would, uh, need your toilet? Just go where you're standing. <laughs> Is that a dumb oh, no. it's, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Right, so doing it, you're going to do your best Lukey Bourne accent. And, oh. and you're going to say this. The views of them oils are gorgeous. It's a terrible attempt. That's shocking. That was your own voice. That was your own voice. Why voice still my voice? Right, so Lukey, in your best doing a voice, you're going to say this. Well, your fireworks there, pal. 30 quid for a selection box. Screamers are a tenner. I got a screamer. Right, so Tomer, you're going to give us your best South African accent. Our former keeper, Rayad Peter, say. So you're going to talk. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, hold on one second. Let me, let me get this. It was in Channel the movie District 9. Channel, yeah. 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 Cheeky bronze. <laughs> Fucking bronze. <No. laughs> we can switch this. Yeah, of course. Um, whatever happened to Riyad Pietrese? He was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, Diona, you're going to give us your best Tomer impression. I want some. I want some effort into it this time. Yeah. Don't be shy. And I'm super stoked to be here today, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Alright, so Logie, bro. Up next for you is Cork. Okay. Think right. Debbie. John Caulfield. I don't even know why we're attached by. We should be our own country. Everything <laughs> <laughs> just goes Scottish. And Tomer, this, this should be going on a strong Dublin accent. <clears throat> the head on your man over there. In bits he is. <laughs> and finally, uh, Luke, he gives a Canadian accent. All right. Not American. Vancouver. 
E. E. Ah, oh, God. I tell you what, drank about 10 malls since Vancouver last night. <laughs> <laughs> Went to be Australian. <laughs> Down under. Oh, man. <laughs> right, so that's, uh, that's that out of the way. Uh, Carl, you wanted to talk about... Um, oh, just uh, before Tom came, we were talking about the, the Bray game and, uh, and the wind. Like, have you ever seen wind as crazy as that? Like Kevin Horgan's kickouts could barely even reach the halfway line. Uh, that was that was probably one of the worst conditions that we played. You know, we played pretty. You know, the wind was really strong when we played in uh, Dundalk in the semi-finals. But that was it's generally a wind so. trap in where the Carlisle grounds, though, isn't it? It's terrible for wind. Yeah, it was. It was really. It was. Re- it was really. You know, especially especially in the first half with the rain and everything, it was just mm-hmm. atrocious. I saw you giving Kevin some tips. What were you saying, though? I was just, it's it's just uh, basically try to just continue to follow through the like follow through the ball and just mm-hmm. try not to put it too high because uh, the wind is just going to take it right back. You need to almost like drive right through the ball and drive basically just slice it through the air. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we had uh, our poll about potential new signings on Facebook. Uh, polls are just popular. You, you can barely get like thirty likes on a post, but. Over 250 people take part in a poll. It's crazy, isn't it? I think Dave McMillan was miles Yeah, Dave McMillan was number one uh, target that um, they wanted. Two things about your poll. You put Sean Gannon on it twice. No, people added to it. That was the fans adding to it, yeah. Um, There was an option just to add it to them themselves. So I said add it in the comments, but some people added on. Somebody put in Padraig Almond as well. And you forgot to add the option to uh, shove your poll up your hole. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's always an option as well. It's a popular raw restoration. Yeah, we'll discuss that at the end of season special on Sunday with the fans. And of course, there's no, there's no goalkeepers or left backs on the poll, lads. Don't worry. You're all right. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so we like we like Sean O'Connor's post on the forum. He said, "Well, I understand some people's frustrations regarding Rovers. Um, to say we've not progressed or improved is nothing short of a stupid statement. 2017 has been a great season, a top three finish potentially." And uh, two great cup runs and another European adventure where our club flew the flag with pride for our league. So, um, was it the best in history? No. And was it the best since Michael O'Neill left? Absolutely. So that's why we're still so positive. It's been, Carl wrote a book with McDara Ferris called Talatime about the whirlwind couple of first years in Tala Stadium. And I'm always saying to him that he has to, when, when can we start When can he start writing the sequel, Terrible Time? Because after that, it's been, it was horrendous under Kelly, or Kenny Crawley and... Uh, Nutsy has was was really poor, mm. and I think we're turning the corner now. So you could probably start writing that book, you and Lugie's played under the tree managers, and he defending Crawley, and, and now Crawley, Crawley brought you in, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, then obviously I worked under Pat, and now the gaffer. And I think um, this year has definitely been the best season. Um, like you say, there's been progress on all fronts, like behind the scenes and in terms of the first team. And it's uh, the most enjoyable time I've had at the club by distance. It's the best group of players I've been involved in, and the camaraderie as well. Like from from what we've noticed as well, going to like like we're fans and we've been taken in and treated normally like this. I don't think it's happened anywhere else, and it's it's been really refreshing to go to kickstart and go and interview the guys, and everybody's interested. Everybody wants to have something. And I think I think the players like it as well. So it's it, yeah, yeah. I mean, put it this way: if I think Webby said it. Webby said it perfectly. He said he's living the dream. I mean, we're coming and we're interviewing him. He's a, he's a professional footballer. He's like, mm. people are coming to interview me, ask me questions. He loves it. So it breaks up the monotony a little bit of the, let's be honest, we can't stand regular football interviews. Yeah. We're not a fan of them. We try and mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Try and make it interesting, you know, straight out of footballers. Handbook for, for interviews, you know. Make the, it enjoyable, right? Yeah, we got to make it enjoyable. Mm. So that's what we try and do and we try and, make, and, and have a connection to the fans as well. 
And like I said, it has been has been the best season. And since. that's important too. Oh, without a doubt, man. It's interesting. Keeps I mean, if, let, let's be honest. There's no fans. There's no club. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the Rovers fans aren't pretty much. We kept the club alive with the 400 yeah, club. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, we have some more comments here. Obviously, some sort of silverware would have been nice to show for the efforts. But in terms of club growth and positivity around the club, I can't remember things being this good since they moved to Tala. Behind the scenes, the PR game is up. The Rollstone project is proven to be successful and will only get better. Not to mention other little things like the podcast. Hey. and the new Souths that had to look forward to at the start of the season anyone who thought we were genuine league contenders with Dundalk and Cork and the league is deluded this Rovers team is young and not there yet it's still being built and we are three or four decent signs away from perhaps having a team able to compete the likes of Clark and Bulger are potential Irish internationals and to say what you want about Bradley at least is a team playing nice football and not the usual hoofball crap so I don't think that's lower expect- expectations it's just realism so uh, fantastic post there who was that? Sean O'Connor. Oh, Sean O'Connor. Yeah. So it's it just when you, when you sit back and take a deep breath and get away from the stand and all the madness that goes on in it, and you might make a rash decision or make stupid decisions as regards to football and as a fan, take a step back and just look what's going on. It's the most progressive club in the league at the moment. So, uh, lads, how do you look back on the league campaign? First of all, Tomer, go ahead first. Uh, you know, over the over the last, uh, like the gaffer was saying, over the last few years, it's uh, and like you said right now, Gary, it's. I think we, there's a big thing that we, we turned the corner. Um, you know, we're playing a different style, a different style of football. Yeah, I wasn't here the last few years. You know, this is my first season, but you didn't from what much. I understand, <laughs> you know, from what I understand, it's a big, uh, you know, it's a big turnaround, and I think that's that's important. And I know that it, it can be frustrating for, uh, let's say, people outside because all, you know everybody wants uh, you just want to win championships and you yeah. want to win trophies and silverware, and uh, but you need to actually take a step back and look that this is a big thing. This is a rebuilding year. Exactly. Right? Like, exactly like, what it if is. You, if if you look at you know in terms of uh, let's say in the eighteen or twenty guys that we have, how many like fifty more than fifty percent are new? That's what we spoke on. Twelve. You know? Twelve so, new signings. Right. So if you if you and from those twelve, how many of them let's say were starters? You're putting everybody in the in the lineup. That's why. Yeah. Of course, the first third of the season it was very up and down, but in the moment that that became more consistent, you can see the results were there. Mm, definitely. Yeah. I, I agree think with you. That uh, the more that we solidify that, and the more that we're the more that we're together, it's not like we need five, six, seven signings. We don't. It's just no. it's just a couple. And Two, three max. That, right. And then that's something to bring into the group that's already, um, that's already like uh, like almost like a cohesive unit. Yeah, yeah. Luki, what do you think? Yeah, I agree totally with Tom. I think uh, <clears throat> probably the first round of games is kind of you know what contributed to us not really challenging the top two. We were just too inconsistent, and uh, I think we kind of got a really settled eleven after that, and you can see the results picked up, and that's when we went on our cup runs, but. I agree, like what you said earlier, Gary, and what Tom was saying, and what the general consensus seems to be. Like it was a rebuilding year, and you know there's definitely progress from last year, and I really don't think we're far away from uh, putting in a good challenge next year. And James, your fourth season as a pro, is it? Uh, yeah. What do you? How did you enjoy? Ah, uh, it's good. Yeah, it's obviously the boys are they going over everything, but the new signings, new training around, new gaffer, everything, everything's just coming together now nicely and. And seven goals from off the bench. I mean, that's a great. It's a great hunt. Some really, really impressive goals and, and uh, performances. Where, where would you say your ideal position is? Because, I mean, obviously you're being played out wide and that. But where, where would you love to play? What do you see yourself as? Mm, probably a, a winger out of ten. Yeah, a winger out of ten. Yeah. And if you were to to cement it down, would you would you love to play in the ten role, just in behind the striker? Uh, yeah, probably more. Ten, we'll talk yeah. about more. I, I have I have that in my uh, start eleven <laughs> for this week. Not, not the one rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more as a ten. Yeah. 
Okay, you wanted to talk about Yeah, the, I just wanted to bring up it was a couple of weird incidents in the season, Tomer, involving yourself. Mm-hmm. One was uh, the penalty in Bray, mm-hmm. where if you look back at the replay, Ryan Brennan is pushing into you and you're kind of pushing him away. Mm-hmm. Anthony Budimer gives a penalty with the ball in your hands. Just to clarify, Anthony Budimer is insane. Oh, he's a head case. Just so yeah. you're aware of that. Like <laughs> I've, absolutely I've no never case. seen a foul given against a goalkeeper with the ball in his hands before. We analysed the shit out of this, right? It was we insane. kept going on about it. And I think I, at the time, I had said Tomer was wrong. Totally. But then when I look back on it, yeah. it do, those things don't happen. And I'm gonna, yeah. I'll, I'll talk yeah. about it now. Like, no I one mean, else would have given a penalty except Budmer. Right, but Budmer got it wrong, right? Because here's the thing, the guy's lunatic. And my, my secret source tells me that he doesn't care one bit about what people think, right? This is legit. I'm not going to tell you who the source is. But he literally sticks to the rule book. I mean... Properly sticks to the rule book, and which was proven in the case in Galway's crunch clash versus Limerick. He felt that the white collars and the trim, not the sleeves on Galway's jersey. So the the white collars and the trim, just the trim on the collars on, the, on Galway's jersey, clashed with Limerick's white and blue chevron designs on their sleeves. Like us and Bray both so that's white what, and green on the same day. That's what he did. He yeah. he because of trim and the chevrons on the on the Limerick. So look at the kids, look at the two of them, and that's what he delayed that game by half an hour. Boy, he mm. loves the attention, and any sort of decision that can be a landmark. Or that you've never seen before, Tomer, i.e. Tomer and Bray, uh, and the Jersey Clash were going. He will do that. He because he loves it. He thinks this is fantastic. I'm obeying the letter of the law here, and it's officially okay for me to do this. But common sense would would say you wouldn't do it. But he still goes and does these crazy things. You, you know, I'll, I'll I'll say something like that about the Bray thing. It it doesn't matter. Let's say if you look back and and you say it was right or was wrong at the time. It's something that. Um, that uh, may, may, whether I overreacted or I didn't react, I was in the right or I was in the wrong. It hurt the team at that specific moment. And yeah. I think that's something that um, it's very important for uh, players in general, all players doesn't matter what. That even at that um, heated moment, that you really need to to keep your cool because I don't. Uh, I again, I, I don't believe that I did uh, that. I was pushing, pushing, kicking. It, it doesn't matter what. It led to a penalty, mm. and I think that uh, what's the important thing there. And let's say when the, even when the gaffer spoke to me afterwards, it's it's you can't be doing that. And I and I and I understand because at the end of the day, that that something like that can we drop points. Yeah, and that's not something that you know. And, and I drop point here, and I drop point there, and boom! All of a sudden, that's six points, and six points maybe gets us closer to you know, right 100% to the, to the agree challenge. With so you, yeah. it's not. Uh, so it's it's upsetting, and I was and I was most upset with with myself that I. Um, it was a crazy couple know, of minutes, wasn't it? The, the, towards the end of yeah, the, the, the fourth half, you know that that, that happened, yeah. and it's something that you basically just uh, uh, you learn from. Yeah, it. Yeah, we definitely did learn right? from it. You, you have to learn from it, and, and that's just going to make you a better. Let's <laughs> hope I have our bottomer again. So there's a reason he only gets a couple of games a season, you know. But uh, apparently he's the fittest 51 year old in the refs panel. So you mentioned the sleeves; they wore the exact same sleeves. Earlier on the season, it's a crazy thing and to the do. Game went ahead, but so he was thinking, "There's all eyes on this fixture, massive fixture in the relegation dogfight. There's a slight difference in the jerseys here. I can, I can, I can, I can flex my muscles here, and that's what he did. All eyes on him. That's what it is. So, um, but, you, but what's important there, you need to remember, is still to whether we have him in the future or not. It's just, it's all about us, and we need to make sure that exactly. we focus. On get your own house in order for because we yeah. know that whether the referee is whether he's against us or not against us it doesn't matter what uh, whatever calls he's going to make he's going to make regardless so we need to make sure to give him the least amount of uh, rope to hang you with. yeah I like to, that Tom to, I like that to, to do that because if we do our game and we do and we keep things smart and not do silly mistakes let's say like like I'm like uh, like I made um, 
then everything's in our hands. Yeah. So. Um, let's touch on the European campaign, Carl. Uh, very enjoyable. We had mm. two great trips, and um, we go again next year. And Lukey, we remember seeing you in a sling at Dublin Airport, and we were horrified. Yeah, we were worried. And uh, the next day, you were marking the big fella off, Stjarnan Fridjonsson, I think his name was. Fridjonsson. He was a giant. Yeah, he was huge. And he was a threat. And he was nullified. I mean, did you enjoy Iceland? Yeah, I loved it. Like, uh, I think he's still in your pocket. It was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was Not a, <laughs> it was a satisfying performance for a defender, I felt. Like, probably Tom or Legree. Just, I thought we had a good shave about us and limited them to quite... Uh, they, they got very few nothing, chances yeah. over there. Like... Um, it probably wasn't the ideal game for me to be coming straight into with the arm injury marking a six foot five winger. But yeah, he was huge. <laughs> but, uh, a bit of belt as well. He was yeah, decent. He was, he's decent. I think his brother was playing centre half. Was that right? His brother was the number nine. I think so. Number nine was playing centre half. Yeah, yeah. It was a strange one. But yeah, it was just you know it was a good experience, like like you said. And um, is it hard to? Is there a certain sense of boredom when you're on these trips, or is there something to do? I mean, are you just kind of waiting around? Does it? There's a lot of hours in the day when you're not out on the on the piss like we were. In fairness, no, we were just out in the pub. No, the staff, uh, in fairness, keep it like you know kind of busy, like team meetings. We went for a walk. You're constantly eating. I'm someone who sleeps a lot before games, so yeah. I don't find it hard to kill the time. It's an occasion as well, wasn't it? You're in yeah, Europe, you're playing like football. A, you got that little like, no way you can find yourself bored. Just you know, but it, but it's a, at the same time, it's responsible, right? You can't be going out everywhere. You can't be walking around. You need to make yeah. sure that you're you're you know that you're there to do a job. You're, it, it, that, that's the thing, right? You're there to 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 do the job. And if you're out and out and about and walking around and having enjoyable time and sightseeing and things like that, then you're you're losing focus. Of yeah, very the, true. Task at hand. And that was your first ever appearance in European competition. Tom? That was the first appearance that I actually played. Right, I've been I've been part of uh, clubs where we went to Champions League and Europa League and group stages and the knockout round, and that was incredible. But um, but it was my first time actually playing. And you popped mm-hmm. your European cherry. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, I remember you making two or three top class saves mm-hmm. over the two legs against Sterling. There was a fantastic one in the first uh, from a corner. It was stabbed at you, and it was a point blank save. I think we were one nil up, and it was in the first half. Was it? Was it the end of the first I half? Think it maybe. Was, yeah. And it was a point blank save. I think down to your right hand side. It was right in the box, and that was that was an essential uh, save for at that part of the game. So you know yourself. People are quick to forget goalkeepers' saves. They tend to focus on the mistakes. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, you absolutely made some top class saves throughout the season. So especially in that game. Thanks. Yeah. And yeah, then, you know, it's. It, I'll add to that. It's. Mistakes happen, and, um, yeah. and you know it's much easier to for just as a human to focus on the negative versus versus the positive, and mm. and uh, that's the way it is. That sometimes, right? But it's we as footballers, it doesn't matter whether it's Duna, Luki, myself, the you know the other twenty guys in the change room. We all uh, what people sometimes forget is that whenever we step on the pitch, we we give our all. Right? Yeah, you're not there to lose. Right? That's we're, the not, we're not coming there to lose, and people I think sometimes forget that. Be like, oh, you had a bad game, and you, it's your fault that we lost. It's like. I didn't come into this game prepared like be like, oh, you know, today I'm going to have a bad game. Today mm-hmm. I'm going to lose. And at the end of the day, we're human. You know, it's, exactly. Uh, yeah. we're, we're not machine uh, automated where everything's going to be the exact same cookie cutter and everything's going to be the exact same. It's something that sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down. And um, and then saying that, I for me, I think, uh, and I think that the the boys here can uh, you know uh, say the same thing. I think that the fans this year have been behind us the entire time. 
uh, win, lose, or draw. It doesn't matter what. They, they fully supported us. And even when, like in Europe when we were traveling around, we, we had over 200 guys, like Iceland. And then same thing in, uh, when we went oh, to... We uh, go, go three, nearly four, I think, in, the, in, in Czech Republic. Yeah, in, in, uh, in the Czech Republic. Yeah, it, it was incredible. And you don't, you don't, uh, like we were, loud, we were louder than the, than the home school. Yeah, that's you know? all. That and that's, and that's, you could hear that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's mm-hmm. something, you know, it's funny, even my missus is saying, it's like, you know, I, we really hope that, uh, you know, of course, Ireland makes, uh, makes the World Cup because uh, looking at it, I think Ireland has like the best fans, the best fan base, the loudest, uh, you know, the most cheerful, the, the, you know, the, like they know how to have fun. That's, know? that's a touchy yeah. subject for us now because, these are the same fans who won't follow League of Ireland yeah, exactly, now. Yeah. That's 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 what we best get frustrated with. Best fans in the world, and they'll tell you they follow Man United. You know what I mean? They won't go ten minutes down the road to, to follow yeah. again, but they'll still follow Ireland all over the world. And let's be honest, Ireland are terrible. We watching the, the Ireland Wales game, Lukey, and Sean McGuire comes on, and Ronnie Williams says, "Oh, they know who he is. They love their they League, love of Ireland League of Ireland players." Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, and I remember people. You know, I remember seeing League of Ireland. Just the fact that they said League of Ireland, it's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah that, they actually recognise that. Uh, you know, people remember what that is. Ronnie Beaton probably ain't watched the game the league in how long? Probably yeah. He's yeah. talking as if he's watching Maguire come from. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I watched yeah. Friday night. Young lad. Yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah. So tell us about the goalkeeping coach. He's a. Uh, I, I noticed he had a couple of unorthodox, uh, training sessions. He had um. He had this kind of square. Yeah, like a rebound board. Yeah, rebound board. Yeah, yeah. and he's so, pretty cool. And we're usually in Tala early, so I'm hanging up the flag and I'm with my son Jaden, and we'll watch the warm ups, and it seems pretty cool. So how how is he as a as a coach enjoying uh, you know, his sessions? Yeah, yeah, enjoying it very much. You know, he's young, and and the fact is, um, what's really good about it is, basically, goalkeeping now the modern the modern goalkeeper. It's it's very much. It's not only physical, but it's also mental, right? In in the older days, it's even I'm sure with coaches and as Lukey knows, it's very. Um, mundane and very ordinary and the exact same thing almost every day and uh, with Jose what you get a lot of times and is things are their variations always different maybe game game like situations or trying to uh, incorporate what you're going to do in the training session and basically build that up and um, and, and just bring it all the way through training and or make it a match like situation and it's yeah and it's just uh, it, it helps myself and I'm sure Kevin as well and the younger goalkeepers that are coming out uh, develop and improve and it's something that uh, for me it's it's enjoyable and you said before that his enthusiasm is kind of infectious pardon you said before that Jose's enthusiasm yeah, is yeah, yeah. infectious he's he's he, he's in love with the game and he's in love with with goalkeeping so much you know it's uh um, that he really wants to wants to help and improve and he just comes every day and he and he really wants to uh, uh, to help us uh, so and it's, it's, it's enjoyable. Lukey, your granddad played League of Orleans, is that right? Yeah, he played for St. James's Gate uh, James's back in the Kitty. day. Yeah. Still going strong? Yeah, yeah. It's a good setup up there. He used to always tell me about like he moved from home farm to St. James's Gate because they had stuff like baths after the matches. Yeah. His home farm just had buckets. Buckets. Uh, <laughs> with rainwater and stuff. And up there, they used to look after, I think, like a bit of healthcare or something like that. You know, right, know right, right. Exact, but, uh, yeah, that's where I came from. And then he coached me when I was younger and stuff. So that's probably where I uh, got the interest from. And your dad, Paul, goes to most games, but you didn't see you scored the only goal you're seeing in your career. This was Rovers 2 1 win in Galway in June 2015. And that day clashed with a tribute night to the late musical journalist George Bourne, a super hoop, and passed away uh, the last few years. George, 
was a controversial figure and much loved hoop at Rovers and your dad said George was a big Rovers fan his favourite band was Stars of Heaven and Stephen Ryan was his favourite songwriter Stephen put a band together called The Drays and uh, this is this is your dad quote and he says I'm the drummer uh, we did an album and it did really well there was a big tribute night to George and Whelan's and you couldn't have picked a better gig for your first in Dublin because every single music hack was in the room there was a massive Rovers flag behind the drum kit and we were just about to go on stage for the, and host for the night and uh, they read out the Rovers starting lineup. so he said number three is Luke Bourne and you're about to see his dad as the drummer with the Drays so we did the gig I went outside for a fag and met a couple of Rovers fans George's mates and they said well are you proud and he said, proud of what? He says he scored. <laughs> so uh, just at the moment, we took the stage. Luke scored his fourth senior goal and everyone was going, this is just too weird. It's all George's doing. So the stars aligned that night. So uh, do you play a bit yourself? No, no, no. No, no musical talent. I mean, got passed down to me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I've never heard that story, Carl. It's quite cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, me, me and Carl used to produce our own stuff. Remember this, Carl? Six or seven tracks when we were teenagers. What was our name? In- Innovative Destruction. Uh, you were Professor K.O.'s Lord Jules we still have those demos somewhere every so often you'd hear your cat meowing in the background so we'd be listening to the beats going yeah sounds good all you hear is meow we couldn't edit it out we're dishing too many secrets here yeah <laughs> folks and Tom are <laughs> yeah so uh, you were going to talk about the FAO Cup semi-final Carl. yeah I mentioned this Lukey in an interview recently that on the day of the FAO Cup semi-final in Dundalk his dad was actually playing a gig in the town that night and he was saying he might Try and go, but apparently it was a, a Dundalk spot. Yeah, uh, like if we had won or whatever, you know, we've ended up dragging a few of the lads along, but just the fact that we drew and stuff. And um, Michael had told me it was like a like a heavy Dundalk crowd would go in there. And uh, Yeah, sure, we can't get a point on match day in any, anywhere no, at Dundalk. No, they'll, they'll tell you oh, locals only, you know? Yeah, and my dad told me since that like there was a few of the Dundalk players were in there after with their mates or whatever, so it was. Probably Steer off, clear, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that cup semi final, Carl. Yeah, how are you? Uh, it was some game, absolute cracker of a game. And what was it like to be involved in a game like that? I mean, it, it, it was draining, was it? Yeah, it was draining. Like, it was just a bit of a you know, it was a roller coaster. It's just it was unbelievable. You look back on it, like, and it was obviously a great game and probably a good effort for the league, but it's just a feeling of regret. I think it's a feeling of regret. We'll probably carry into the off season looking back. We had them by the scruff a couple of times, especially like, in extra time. I mean, I genuinely yeah. thought we were going to do it. I it just was, felt like we had them on the ropes and we had the momentum and yeah. we had the legs in them and just momentum swung back and the rest is history. But it was, uh, yeah, probably you know it was it was a good game, exciting game, obviously. So we'll uh, move on for a couple of questions now, uh, Carl. Who do you want to start with? Uh, we'll go with Tomer then. Tomer, best so. player you've played with and against? Best player I've played with in that, yeah, ever. In, in, ever. Oh, best player I've played with. Uh, that would have to be. You could think about this as, lads, as well, lads. So. I'm trying to think. Um, so there was a player that I played. He was. He was sometimes uh, wasn't like always uh, involved in the game, but in terms of natural talent, there yeah. was a guy I played with uh, in Israel, Spanish, uh, Gonzalo Garcia. He grew up in the Real Madrid youth system, and then yeah. he was, and then he got injured. But then he went; um, an agent took him over in Holland, and he was playing on the top division in Holland for I think ten years, and he was making he was making people look absolutely silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make, he was a central midfielder, but he was sometimes he, he could have been lazy. But I'm friends. With, I'm great friends with him till this day. Now he's coaching in uh, in Denmark. Oh just, yeah, yeah. He just he just retired, but he was one of the best that uh, like when he was on the ball, 
it, it was un- no it was unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable. And, and what about against? Who's the best player? Against, I would have to say probably uh, when we played with the national team against Japan, Tanaka. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No Henrik Larsson in training, no? Henrik, he, sometimes he was in training, <laughs> yeah. and it's, uh, but Ennis Fire was always there. So, you know, sometimes he would come in, he would be involved in training and see, he'd, he'd have his long socks and he'd have uh, shin guards on. And, and like, yeah, he wanted a game. Oh man, something's going to get it. <laughs> what about you, Luke? Best player you've played with and against? <clears throat> um, wait, I'd have to say Damien Duff. Damien Dove, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I know obviously he was at the end of his career, but, like, you just look what he achieved. And yeah. The privilege. The level he's been to. Obviously, Steve McPhail as well was right up there. Like, he probably count on one hand how many times he lost the ball in the three years. Gourmet play, player, we call him. Gourmet. Um, um, and then against, uh, I'd say probably, like, just, he probably hasn't gone on to do what I thought he'd do, but on that day, Jordan Ibe, when we played Liverpool. Oh, yeah? It was just outrageous. Like Really just, good. He's only 18, and you just thought like he's going to be playing for England soon. And probably hasn't hit the level I thought he would, but he just showed that day what he's capable of, really. We know you're still Sprague, Jamesy, but who have you got? Fledgling. One of the best players you've played with and against. Same Mike Fair was probably the best player I've played yeah. with. And he played two or three games. And, but he's top class, isn't he? Oh, I'm real, yeah. And what about against? You played in the Ireland setup when you were younger as well, didn't you? Yeah, um, there was a young player of Czech Republic. I think he went to Inter Milan last year. He was... Can't remember his really, name, yeah. He's top class. Isn't he was unreal, yeah. And uh, so we'll ask the lads, uh, what's your funniest moment in football? So we'll start with uh, James. Funniest moment? Probably against Cork and I scored the win on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was class. You told me the final whistle. Hunter <laughs> came over and he's like, Get on, get what did he say to you? Did he say that? Who was that, Aaron? Oh, Greg Buzzer. Oh. And then I turned around and I was like, oh, no, it's only a free kick. He's <laughs> <laughs> just looking at the stand going, yeah. <laughs> oh, the pitch invasion as well. Yeah. Tom, what about you? Funniest moment in football? Funniest moment in football. Uh, has to be on the pitch, right? <laughs> yeah, it could be off as well. If you want to tell a story, go ahead. Oh, man. Pass this to Lucky right now. Let me let me think yeah. about it. Uh, a few years ago, Bucket Bailey done an impression oh, of John Gill and Giller walked in and he was, uh, I think he had his boots and his glasses on. Uh, John Gill's actual boots and glasses? Yeah, Bucket had them on? Yeah, right. he, was, uh, he just nailed it. Like He just nailed the impression so, so <laughs> He's a well. character, Bucket It was Bailey. actually scary how good he was at it. And Giller walked in and very funny. Like, did, he, did he take a while, Giller? He did take a while, but... Bocker just kept going and then started <laughs> caning him and stuff. And it was just very was a, gave the, the hairdryer treatment that he was known for that, was he? Uh, yeah, he just had like, like he'd speak to people and like, just he just had a, like a mannerism that yeah. was just Bocker could nail it like so, it was so funny. I would say for for us, I think uh, last year when we were in uh, pre-season Helsingborg, with Helsingborg in Barcelona, I think one of the, uh, um, one of the young lads, what he had to do, he had to either make an impression of Henrik Larsson or he had to basically uh, take Henrik's clothes and, and wear them. And Henrik, yeah, if uh, people don't know him, he, he can be really stern and serious. And, oh, yeah? Yeah, especially, like, especially as, a, as the coach. And, and I think uh, Henrik, like, with a straight face, you know, asking, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> absolutely shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I was so scared. He, he told us he's gonna go down great. Oh, he's, and he, but right, even though even though everything was was uh, was uh, run past uh, Henrik, Henrik like 
was with a serious face. He still played it game. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the kid was absolutely shit. Tom, <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to ask you about your career. Mm-hmm. You were born in Israel and you moved to Canada when you were eight years old. Mm-hmm. So you've played all over the world, even for Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've said that Moldova was your worst experience. What happened there? Oh my goodness. What didn't happen there? We had uh, me and another guy when we were playing in the US, uh, an agent took us to Moldova and he told us it's going to be one, two, three. It's going to be like, like, uh, like a certain way. And then when we get there, I remember. So we get off the plane, we get off, uh, we flew to Kiev, and then we had a, and then we had a driver come and pick us up. So and then we drove five hours. And what part of Moldova was it? What part? It was the shittiest part. Of <laughs> no, it was uh, the the city was called uh, Otachi, right. which is you know they were told right when I was looking at the map and I'm like I don't even see it because oh it's a small place close, the agent that's a small place close to the uh, close to the, <clears throat> close to the capital Kishinev. Um, anyways, once we get there. Uh, you know, the driver takes us in it, and I'm looking. We, we get to the place after five hours, and I'm like, right there. I said, sir, can I borrow your phone? And I call, and I, right, right then and there, I call, I called my mom, and I said, fuck this, I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> you know? oh, bring the oh, agent, bring your Santos. Yeah, listen, we, we, it was so bad. Uh, you know, after, my mom was like, no, you know, you're there already. See it, how it is for, for a month or something like that. Okay, never mind. After a month, basically, trying to call the agent, trying to call him, and the agent basically disappeared for the next... Really? Yeah. For the wow. Next, they can be snaky, the, can't they? Yeah, for the next four months. Is it true? Wow. He never called us back. Never, <laughs> we're basically stuck. He got like, paid. We're playing, we're playing yeah. there, but, uh, but we're basically stuck, and it was a trouble. Listen, we, wow. we only had running water from, from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I shit you not. No way. Shush, 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 shush. <laughs> and you spent last season playing under Henrik at uh, Helsingborg, so yeah. we, were going, we, we got a bit about him, what he was like. But um, did you, was there an incident at the end of the season with his son as yeah. well? Were you, were you there for that? Yeah, yeah. I, was. Was, I think the fans didn't take too well to him. Yeah, listen, the fan, it's, uh, we got relegated, unfortunately, and it was very tough for you know, how it is with the fans and <laughs> when they're so passionate. And we had uh, a few of the ultras uh, you know, rush, uh, rush onto the pitch. <clears throat> And confront Henrik, yeah. And confront Henrik, and Jordan was like, uh, you know, obviously all the policemen and the stewardess were there, and they were saying relax, and, and a bunch of them ran up to uh, to Jordan, and basically, you know, they took off his shirt, and, and they were Took the shirt off his back, that's a bet, that's quite symbolic, isn't it? Yeah, took the shirt off his back, and, uh, you know, so I came in, and I just, and I pulled Jordan, and there was uh, the policemen and the stewardess, and everything was a bit, and it was a big story. And yeah, was, I remember, uh, I remember they, looking at it. And, and you were there for that? Yeah, and it was uh, very unfortunate. And then Jordan now is playing, I know he's in Holland. And, oh, he's uh, back in Holland, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's playing in Holland. And, um, you know, I don't know if, uh, I think I think Henrik mentioned, he doesn't know if... if I think he might have took a break, did he? Yeah, yeah well, right. yeah, yeah, he's not, he's, right now he's, he's taking a break, but I don't know if Jordan will ever, he's ever going to suit That's up. their hometown club again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he was the one that, he was, he brought him as well a lot of the wonder years, and it's Henrik Larson, right? Yeah. He's, uh, He's a legend. And you had a clause in your contract saying if they got relegated, you could come for free. Is that that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it, it wasn't. It wasn't exactly like that. But yeah. But uh, you know, it was difficult with with a lot of the players in the situation. And they said they basically told all the players if uh, you have an opportunity somewhere go else, for then uh, then you go for it because yeah. the, you know it was a big financial hit for the club and. Uh, who was already in you know in, in a dire situation because of the you know that one of the biggest sponsors the the bank had to refinance them a oh, few yeah. times you know so it was uh, I really hope I keep in touch with a lot of the people there in the front office and the coaching staff and 
Um, because the good experience at Helsingborg's anyway. Yeah. Uh, incredible. Listen, in terms of in- infrastructure and the setup and the academy and and everything provided, it was just first class. It was incredible. Yeah. In terms and also with in terms of with the fans and the TV and the matches on T, it's it's fantastic. It's yeah. a top ten league in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Brad's had his eye on you for a while. Uh, how did the move to Rovers come about? I uh, basically because when I played in Finland for. For many, uh, you know, I played in Finland before, not even when I was in, in Rovaniemi, but the first time, my first European experience when I was in Finland, um, you know, I have, I have a good name in Scandinavia. And, and, uh, was this a Santa Claus? <laughs> you know, Santa Claus, everybody thinks, oh, you played for Santa Claus. I was yeah. there because last year, or not last year, sorry, when I was in Rovaniemi, the first game of the season, three minutes into the game, uh, I tore my shoulder. Um, and uh, and then basically I do I got surgery and I was rehab and I was out for for four four and a half months around mm. and um, just getting your fitness back really then wasn't yeah so basically it was ba- the the moment that I the moment that I that I got fit and I was clear to play I just went there to play two games because it was the basically like the academy or the sister club and so I was there just for two games just to get fit and then straight into uh, into the uh, into the starting lineup and. And that's how and that's how I played for that's how it came like for Santa Claus. But then Sammy, who was here last year, oh, Sammy Ristler, yeah. So he know so he knew me and, and he was the one that recommended me as well. And uh, compare the standard in the League of Ireland to let's say the Finnish league, Finland, Moldova, Moldova. Well, Moldova yeah. It's much better than Moldova. I would say as well. It's uh, dep- depending on the teams. It's it's better than it's better than Finland. Yeah. It's not as good as Sweden. Um, but um, but I think it, I would say it's a little bit better than Finland, especially oh, yeah. if you look at the top the top half of the table. Um, you know, teams here want to want to try to play football, right? And uh, yeah. Finland is some teams do, and some teams and some teams less. I think that I think that one thing that would help uh, the league grow is is just better TV, more matches on TV, better better cameras, better. Better everything. Let's better, be honest. Better everything in in terms of in terms of the fan experience because right now it's like uh, people can't watch the matches. Yeah, but, but in fairness, I mean they they could just leave their house and go. hundred percent. Could just go to. Of course that they can they, and they should. Uh, but it's also even even afterwards. It's like the, if people want to review the match or see something, the only time they see it Very is true. And it's, and it's quite poor as well. And, we, and, they and no replays worse, of goals last know? week. Yeah, we, we were cracking up about that. I don't know what the stories of replays have just stopped showing them lately. I mean, come on, it's the football we want to watch. We don't like, want to sit there listening to Dave Barry all night. We want to, we want to watch the football. And it, even the Sligo don't... free kick against us, it barely hits the net and they cut away the Gone. next time. Cut away. So, um, yeah, so the under 19s, we'll move on. The Roadstone Project. And uh, the under 19s Shield semi final, as Cavantini was called off, and it was uh, so too was the Rovers on the 15th game of Galway, poor conditions. And at the weekend, they've been rescheduled for Saturday at 2. So, Lugie, are you enjoying your coaching with the 15s? Yeah, I love it. It's been a great experience so far. Um, it was something I wanted to get into this year, and Duffer gave me the opportunity, so I jumped at it, and it's yeah, it's been class. This is a, it's a great bunch of kids, and um, I've learned a lot. Like I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, you probably saw the interview with Duffer during the week where he said he has an old school approach to coaching the youngsters. He said, I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it's 24 7, but I can only imagine what it's like to manage a big club. You're looking forward to the game. You're playing on Saturday, clipping footage of them uh, of the game you just played, setting up sessions, and dealing with pain in the ass parents. My little Johnny, this or that, piss off. <laughs> I don't think it helps kids. I bring them back down to earth as soon as they walk in the door. 
I'm probably too tough in them. They probably hate me. But that's the way I was growing up. Or that's the way I was brought up. And he makes no apologies for training once a week at 6am. And he warns that five sessions a week will be the norm. Citing PSVs and fifteens as an example, they do six a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's. I mean, do you uh, do you go to the six thirty sessions? Uh, I'm not allowed when we've got a game that week. Yeah, because like we've got two sessions that day. So. Right. But uh, just a couple of things he's saying. Like uh, I've seen like the fallout from it online, and like you got someone here who's like one of the country's greatest ever players trying to change the way kids look at football, and like you know change the kind of the way they're brought up and. There's obviously problems with Irish football, you know, people criticising the senior team, the lack of players, and here you got someone who's in a better position than anyone to change it mm-hmm. from below when he's getting a lot of stick online. It's just like, you know, what do you mm-hmm. want? Yeah, you I love his style. I mean, there's no molly coddling, there's no, no enabling, it's tough love, constructive criticism, and you have to put in a good word, Luke, because uh, we're going to try and get him on the show. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing I say is, he says there, they probably hate me, they don't, they adore him, like, they love him. Yeah. And uh, he, saw, he didn't just sign good players, he signed kids who he could work with, and like, <coughs> You know, he's, he didn't sign any dickheads. Like, that's yeah, one of his things. Yeah. He wouldn't work with any a kid like that. So they can take the criticism and you can see that you can see that they love him. Like, and he's done a great job so far. Even in the club, loves the team. And uh, I think there was just a bit of an overreaction online to that article. Like, well, there was a great response, actually, from uh, Lee Burnwell. He said, what must be so special for those kids is the fact that Duffer isn't a great from the 80s or 90s. He's a modern football great. He won Premier League titles under Jose Mourinho. He was captained by John Terry. All modern day English Premier League greats. Which is where these kids get their football knowledge from. Imagine the story Stuffer can tell them. It must be it's surreal. It's a asset to have at the club. It really is. I mean, do you do the, the good cop, bad cop routine? You're, 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 the, you're the good cop, he's the bad cop? Eh, I can vary, like, depending on the day. But, like, he, like just saying there, like, stories, like, he, he, he can say, he puts on a drill and he turns and says, like, Jose Mourinho did this with us. And he says stuff like that yeah. to him, and he says to our centre backs, Imagine that's John Terry off. was great yeah. at this, and like, he says to our striker, Didier Drogba yeah, used to do exactly. this, like, and that's like, they go home, they turn on Sky Sports and watch Premier League goals, and he's on it, like, Drogba and then they go training, yeah. and he's putting on drills that he did when he won the Premier League, like, you couldn't ask for any more. Yeah. And then we had Alex Stone playing for the Ireland the 16s in the Victory Shield, a 1 0 win over Northern Ireland in Bangor on Monday, so, um, Excuse my ignorance. I didn't even know we had a sixteens. Are they? No, uh, he's he's um he's captain of our fifteens. Oh, he's is he? captain yeah. of the team. The and it, what, what, and uh, he's uh, what what position does he play? Uh, right back. Like, right back. He's, yeah. Um, he's like him, yeah. Half lane like him. Yeah. yeah. He's like another arm boulder. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't just say that about any kid, but I've never met a kid like him really? in terms of his mentality and how mature he is. Like he's you're hundred percent. You're gonna hear of them in a couple of years. Oh, lovely, lovely. So we have uh, the Shamrock Rovers under eights are playing against top German clubs in the Hebel Cup tournament in Leverkusen, and uh, their first games against Dortmund. The Greenborg travel with the young hoops. Around elevens also qualified for the finals in the REWE Stockhausen Junior Cup in Germany. So the young guys are getting around and getting some great experience. I remember going to cups like this when I was younger, playing football, and it was epic experiences. Really was. And um, it's it's definitely gonna, they're going to remember it forever. So and we, uh, one of the under 11s players, he had a Robert's crest shaved in the mm-hmm. back of his head. I saw, I saw that. That was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I didn't check close enough to see if it was the correct crest. Now. <laughs> I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, we had Paul Curry who was getting involved in the coaching in the academy after retiring from football. So Luke, you were speaking about Paul in the media recently. Obviously, have a good <laughs> idea of what he was going through with a serious injury like that. I mean, talk to us a little bit about Paul and your own story and how you came back from being out of action. Uh, yeah, like. It was a tough year. Yeah, it's a tough year. Like I was obviously told, um, I was told like 
there's a chance you don't come back from it like I was told on on no uncertain terms like this is an injury that can end a career so like I was given the best chance um, of recovering with the medical team that Rovers have in place and stuff and um, it was like I was told what I'd have to do to get back but it, there was still no guarantee but you've, you've just got to you know you just got to I just broke it down into short term goals and Baby I'd say that helped a lot, like, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, just baby steps. Like you know, even I was walking with a limp for six months, so like, and you, I didn't run until the day before Christmas. So that was like from April to December. I didn't even didn't jog. Run. Wow. So you just you. But if you thought like if you told me in April you're not going to run for nine months, I probably would have said fuck this. Like, yeah. I can't do that. But you break it down and you get there eventually. And it just it's just so sad for Paul because. You know, his career was at such a high only a short time ago and he came back and we all had great hopes for him. And the past master as we coined yeah. him. He was a really good player and when we uh, first signed him, we were so happy. Uh, yeah, he had so much potential and he was one of these UCD graduates who just now knew how to play football and it's, it's really sad to see him. But look, I'm, we're glad that he is still involved in the coaching setup and um, the the dark days, Jordan, what got you through the dark days of your injury? I mean, at your lowest ebb? Um... Just my obsession with football and yeah. back pain. Like it's all I do is I just watch football, think about football, and I wouldn't like it sounds cliche, but I wouldn't let anyone take that away from me. So if there's anything like, I could do within my power to get back pain, I would do it. It's half the battle, isn't it? The yeah, like, mm. at the start, like I was in the gym like five times a day. I couldn't drive. Like I, wouldn't, I was exercising five times a day doing the rehab, and then couldn't drive. I had my ma drop me to the gym like twice a day just because. I knew the work I put in then, then and those. at least you had that support then anyway, yeah yeah your parents definitely. as well I knew the work I put in back then would stand to me now and it like it has I've played a lot of games this year I didn't think I'd play this many and that, that just shows I've got no regrets as to how I went about the yeah. rehab and Tom are you uh, spoke about a shoulder injury is that the worst one you've had or yeah, yeah yeah it was the first game of the season I landed on I tore my my tendon right from right from the bone oh. and basically I had to get uh, a screw to, to anchor it in is it and, still there? Yeah, yeah. and oh, then they, wow. uh, you know, they said it's gonna it's gonna be at least five months, and I actually came back to the day. I remember when I first did it, and I'm looking on the calendar, and mentally, I was so focused on when I'm coming back, and I would do anything to come back. And I circled the day, the first game that I'm gonna play with the first team. I said August 16th. I still remember that. That was basically four months to the day from when I got my surgery, and that's the, my first game that I played with the first team. Ah, August 16th. Eventually, yeah, yeah. So if Stephen Bradley, Brad's is going to run the Dublin City Marathon on Sunday, you'd be all there to cheer him on, lads, yeah? He decided to do it as a tribute to his mother who passed away from cancer last year, so a nice gesture from Brad's art. I think McPhail might be doing it as well, isn't he? He said that he goes out jogging with him, but... Yeah, so the sure. two of them go out jogging, and that's how they talk over their the <laughs> tactics and stuff. That's where they chew the fat. So uh, we had Paul Heaton, who came to visit the Tallah Stadium on Tuesday, the House Martins and beautiful South fame. Great musician, good few rovers, lads, love his stuff. <laughs> Ray Whelan being the maestro behind that one. Got him down to Tallis Stadium and uh, got him draped in hoops colours. I hope Ray fed him as well. Um, yeah, famously, the House Martins sent in a letter of support over the loss of Milltown and it was printed in an issue of the Glenmalore Gazette in 1988. There we have a Glenmalore. Is that the Glenmalore Gazette behind us? It's, it's, I think it's something similar there. But uh, go on, Carl, you were talking? Not at all. <laughs> right, so on the same day in 2017, Air Tristy League Award, Shamrock Rovers was voted as the best match day experience in League of Ireland, representing the club and picking up the award was Mark Lynch, Stephen Kelly, and Paul Mlanjenovic. So well done to all. Mm. And um, someone pointed out the irony that this is the same FEI 
who fine us uh, five figures for crowd behaviour. We get the best match. Also experience. giving us award for best match day experience. Yeah, I think it's uh, they go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> the FBI have used uh, flares in their promotional videos, but they will fine us heavily for using flares. Yeah, thousands of euro. And uh, so we've we've also made a Tales from the East End customer satisfaction survey. So it should be already up by the time you listen to this. Most of it's straightforward, multiple choice, and it won't take you long. So it'll be really beneficial to us and everybody listening that uh, everybody, all the fans fill this out online. And it'll take you five minutes to fill it out. It's about improving the show, what you want, what you hate, improvements, all that stuff. All that good stuff. So Give it a retweet down it. That's it. Retweet all the... Uh, you just give us your quick answer to each one as Gary. We're gonna get Lukey to because we know we know Lukey yeah, uh, he listens a bit. So, uh, so we'll just let Gary we're just like um so Lukey, uh you're gonna be the guinea pig and you've got the survey there in front of you. We'll read out the questions, give us a couple of answers. So Carl, you're gonna start. I was good the first two. That's just uh what is your age and oh, gender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Right, so aside from Tales of the East Dan, how many different podcasts would you typically listen to in a week? Um off the ball. Um, Sunday supplement, uh, the air sport one, indie football, about five or six others. Yeah, some yeah. Some, some some good football ones there. So, where did you first hear about Tales from the East End? Uh, I've seen it on Twitter. Mm, like Twitter. most people, I would assume. Yeah, Twitter is. I think Facebook is. It's it's pretty mm. much for the fans, isn't it? Twitter is for the the real people, isn't it? <laughs> it's like <laughs> celebrities and people who actually exist. <laughs> uh, when did you listen to it for the first time? Um. It was probably the first one. It was yeah. I, imagine, I think it was probably the first one. It right. was definitely about right back at the start of the season anyway. So Lukey's day one. Yeah. Uh, where do you usually listen? Uh, I would usually split it. They like you boys can talk. Like, some of them are quite long. <laughs> I usually put on the car somewhere like on the way home from training, and then we'll finish it. Like yeah. uh, I'm forever tidying my room and stuff like that, and just kind of <laughs> play it in the background. So. And uh, how do you listen? As in, do you use SoundCloud or iTunes or a specific uh, app? SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah. Uh, when a show is released on Thursday morning, when do you listen? Uh, yeah, usually like on the way home from training on a Thursday, I would stick it in and then finish it that evening. That seems to be my kind of my routine. And you've kind of answered this already. How do you listen? As in, in one go or spread out? So usually spread out. Yeah. And uh, in your opinion, what would be an ideal length for a regular episode? I'd say between one and two. I think that's we yeah. pretty much nailed that. We yeah. want to tell it depends. We There's give the too much to cover for just an hour and then. Yeah. yeah. And how, how many shows have you listened to this season? Um, uh, well over 10. Well over 10. Yeah. And uh, who's your favourite monthly madness guest if you did listen? We Jason Maloney, we'd Ray Wilson, former player Pat Flynn, and then we'd the uh, Gary Twig Supporters Club aficionados of da- uh, Paul O'Connell and Dan Fulham. Yeah, I really enjoyed the one with Jason Maloney. I wouldn't. <laughs> crack, I, I don't know him or anything, but yeah. I just. Uh, it, it, just even his voice and stuff like it just, <laughs> it just seemed like a funny, funny he ass, certainly like, is he'll be here on Sunday yeah, yeah. Thomas met him do you remember at the airport in Prague ah yeah that's where I did meet him Jason came over to you guys and he was yeah. going through each one of you and pointing you out your flaws constructive criticism oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gave Bulger loads and Webby loads yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. according to him you agreed yeah no, it wasn't. It was wasn't after that. No, no, I'm that's what we always talking about. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what he said. I wonder what he said to Tom right now. Or <laughs> yeah. uh, I can guess what he said. Suitable that. for uh, yeah. time. Oh. And uh, what is your favorite part of the show? It could be the match review, questions from the East End, player interviews, fan interviews, club news, stats, the music, whatever you think. What do you enjoy? Um, 
Usually the fan one, like this, uh, my favourite one was, um, remember the one that kind of the one about uh, the casuals and stuff? Yeah. Just to get an insight Larry. into other things. You like liked that. Larry? Yeah, yeah. Oh, just... Larry's blushing right now as he listens, I'd say. And that was a controversial one, took a bit of flack for that. Yeah, but it's something that I think players don't really know a lot about. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's interesting, it is interesting, yeah, so. let's be honest. And uh, are any of the features mentioned in the previous questions something you would rather hear less of? Is there anything that's a bit monotonous that you just think, oh, I don't want any of that? Only if we lose, I don't want to hear the match report. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what about anything you'd like to hear more of? General League of Ireland chat, underage teams, or something else that you'd like to, to hear that you might have heard on other podcasts, maybe? Uh, yeah, maybe the Rovers underage teams, because yeah, maybe that will yeah. be a decent one. I think people take a, they're not just interested in the first team in Rovers. I think it's something that the general public would like to listen to. Yeah, I think considering we're, we're, we're focusing on it so much. And now at 10, how many marks would you give the sound quality in studio? Yeah, it's very good. Uh, like I listened to the air sport the other week, and it sounded like shocking. About Twenty yards away. From I, I, I thought they, they were recording mistake, it in yeah. an empty can of Pringles. Yeah. In a no, I do like that podcast. I have to say, it's good. But what about Johnny Ward? Back. Johnny Ward is a nice guy, but he is so anti Rovers. It's unbelievable. Listen yeah, I was on earlier in the year. I had to deflect a few questions off him. Yeah, he is. Right. Like he keeps I going like, back I to I the got negatives. Well, got along well with him, in fairness. Um, Good show, but like I said, just don't yeah. be recording in a can of Pringles. No, it was, it was terrible <laughs> last week. Yeah, they made some mistakes, the didn't they? Wow. Yeah. it was terrible. I had to turn it off. Brian Kerr was on as well. Brian is brilliant. Yeah. Just interrupt now because Tomer has to head off. So, any uh, last words, Tomer, before you go? No, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's uh, welcome it's, anytime, it's a, Tom. It's a, it's a pleasure. Really appreciate it, and thanks to. You know, I think uh, for all the fans and everybody that's been supporting us the entire year, and I, you know, I know that I'm all, I'm not only speaking for myself, but you know, the rest of the guys in uh, in the club. It's really important to us, and it's uh, you know, it's just to remember that it's it's a it's a base, it's a project, right? And Definitely, that, uh, yeah. We're all in this together. So I'm sure that's it, Tomer. Thanks again for coming down. You're welcome anytime. Oh, and thank you. Fancy much. a drink on Sunday? Come down. Thanks, Tomer. Appreciate it. Thank you. Give me a seat driving. on the stand for you. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. Cheers. See you, See you, boys. See you in the one. So, Ewan, how many marks would you give the sound quality for recordings made outside of the studio? Yeah, like still, I've never. There's not one interview I've heard where there's been an issue. And you've taught yourself that's yeah, a bit poor. Like even on the bus home from Derry and stuff, like it was, it was wild, <laughs> but like there was no issue listening. Like. Yeah, yeah, so, so yeah, whatever you use, you'd have to take in a. We'd have to, we'd have to get you. Do you remember Ronaldo got dressed up as like a big fat dude? Oh, yeah, we'd have yeah, to get yeah, you like yeah. that and put you on yeah. the bus one of the times. Yeah, the gas. buses are fantastic; they're yeah. great crack. So there was a couple of times where we recorded the quiz, where it was maybe hard to hear. I think maybe Brandon oh, yeah, yeah, might. Yeah, we get a bit excited, yeah. but we feel like we've rectified that the last yeah. couple of months. So keep that in mind when you answer the survey. And uh, do you discuss? Do you discuss the show with fellow players? Do yeah, talk, yeah. Do they talk about Those, it? Yeah, yeah genuinely. This yeah, is a big one good, for us now. Good few of the boys do listen to it, like uh, Webby, uh, Shawzy, like Sean Boyd. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah? There's a good few it's great to hear that they... You obviously... He doesn't listen. Would you stop out of that? He doesn't have a podcast. No, it's definitely something everyone's aware of and people listen to him and stuff, so... That's the truth. And Brad's Brad's uh, has I think officially endorsed us, so it's not. We're already we're a bit weary. We didn't know what he thought of us, but uh, he, he thinks it's 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 great. So we're happy with that. But um, this one's for the fans as well. That was uh, this this one's for the fans. So this one uh, is what we really want to know as well. So this is for the fans out there. It says, has the show ever convinced you to go to a game when you had decided that you weren't going, like you weren't in the mood or 
or anything like that. So we really want that one to be answered. Have we ever convinced you to go to a game when you've been sitting at home or it's been raining or something It'd be like that? a nice compliment, you, yeah. And you listen to us. That's what we want to know. But that's what it's all about. That's what we want to do. We want to get people to go to the games. And uh, We have Lukey who has visited Peachtree East. And uh, we had Brando who's going to Peachtree East. Have you tried it, Jamesy? Not yet. No. Check it out. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's lovely. Gorgeous. 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 And it's only on the road. It's only right beside Tallis Stadium. So you can so. check that out. So that's our survey. Yeah. Who said surveys can't be fun? Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. Right, so as usual, we ask our guests to put someone on the list of hatred. That's who who would you like to put on the list of hatred? There's, there's, there's plenty on it this season, so you can put anything on it, by the way. Yeah, I would just say the um, the players in the league trying to be friends with each other before games, during games, after games. Like, I just think hey. that little close circle thing is ridiculous. Or do you know what else you could probably put on it? Players not... Seeing how a player is after they've injured them, yeah. that that's that's a that's a that's a good yeah. show as well. I mean, if you injure a player in a match and he's out, you get in touch no matter what. Yeah, if you're in, if you're putting him out, right? If you're putting him out of action for a certain amount of months, you contact him and you say, "Listen, fair enough. What happens on the pitch stays in the pitch." Boy, apologise. Shazzy mentioned his elbow. Remember, it resulted in wearing the mask. Nobody got. He never him. reached out to him. That's a cracked bone in his face. Luke was put out for nearly a year. What was the what was the bank? What was the days? Yeah, three. Three hundred fifty-three. Yeah. Oh yeah. A year, yeah. And nobody Almost got in touch to say, "Listen, sorry about that." And apparently there was other goings on as well. There was taunting as well. So listen, we'll put that on. That'll be that'll be on the list of hatred. So uh, not contacting a player after you've injured him. Yeah, stick that. That is yeah. the list of hatred. <laughs> right, so the lads are heading off now. So, uh, lads, it's been a pleasure. You're welcome back to Johnny Blues anytime. You can pop up on Sunday for a, for a gargle as well. You're only down the road, James. Yeah. You can pop up if you want. But uh, listen, thanks again for showing up, and it's, it's been a pleasure, right? Yeah, thanks for having Cheers. us. Thanks for having us. Right, we'll see you, lads. Thanks, lads. So, the lads have left us, and uh, uh, it was great care, wasn't it? Good lads. Yeah, I loved that. Uh, Tomer actually had a dentist appointment, and I was really disappointed that his appointment was at 2 o'clock and not at 2.30. Oh my God. <laughs> Top of the There's Top of Oh, God. Here's the stats. All right, so uh, that is a fair one. And that some of these stats won't be pretty. So against Bray, Trevor and Darren Clark became the fourth set of brothers to play in a Rovers League game in the modern era after Leon Aiden Roach, 2005, uh, the Grimm brothers Brennan and Gavin and, and the, the other ones as well, all them Brennans. Uh, don't don't worry of your stats, Carol. So Darren made his league debut and it was Dean Dillon's second league appearance of the season having started against Finn Harps in March. Trevor Clark's red card was the 10th shown to Rovers in all competitions this season. It's an issue that we do need to address. Uh, so all top four teams were beaten last weekend it's the second time that Rovers have lost twice to Bray in the same season the other was 2011 and then we have both Rovers and Bowes with the whole season without an away league draw for the first time since the 1950s then Rovers have won one of their last six matches they are three games without a win for the first time since a run of four in October last year and then we have Super Brando Miele was suspended last week. Miele had started all but two of Rovers' 36 games since April 14th, missing Glenville and coming off the bench in the home win over Dundalk. Shawzy will miss Friday's game because of injury. The only game since May 5th that Shaw wasn't involved in was against Bluebell. 
So Limerick are unbeaten in five league games, confirming safety from relegation against Galway last week. They have the fewest sendings off the season along with Dundalk. One. Wow. Mm-hmm. We have ten times the amount of sends off. <laughs> that was Brendan Clark against Cork. That was wow. the only red. That's a, that's a great stat. Only draw to have more than Rovers. Seven red cards in the league and only Sligo and Harps have higher than their 72 yellows. Rodrigo Tussi has scored 14 league goals for Limerick this season. Uh, Tussi and Derry's Aaron McAniff have scored the most penalties with five. Rovers have only been awarded two penalties all season and none since April. You could swap the penalties for the cards, tally please. Uh, the last Limerick player to score over 14 goals in the league season was Billy Hamilton, who netted a club record 21 in 88-89 campaign. I know, I'm tempting Fade again. I'm, t- I'm, I'm tempting Tulsi to get 15 now. Yeah, I think so. He's, he's bound to notch one on the last day of the season. Uh, Rovers are six games unbeaten against Limerick for the first time since a run of seven consecutive wins in 1988. Limerick's last away league win over Rovers was a 4-1 victory at the RDS in 1992. Uh, Finn Harps Galway and Limerick the only current Premier Division sides that have never won a tally and Harps and Galway did beat the Rovers B team here Rovers haven't kept a clean sheet at home in the league since Bray and May this run of 7 games is the worst since a run of 8 from September 2008 to April 2009 5 at Talca Park and 3 at Tala. this would be the 150th league game played in Tala. if Rovers scored 3 goals the third would be the 400 goal that the Hoops have scored in the ground in all competitions is there anyone that's seen all those goals, Carl? Sure there is. Yeah, I sure haven't. there is. Uh, so Limerick have picked up only five points from the last eight away games and three of those came against Trotted. Rovers and St. Pat's are the only Premier Division teams without a 1-0 all draw this season. And we have the Hoops are on the verge of going a whole season, 47 comp- com- competitive games without a scoreless draw for the first time since the 85-86 campaign. So we are nothing but entertaining. If anything, we're entertaining. No nil all draws. If, no, if it's nothing if never boring yeah nothing if never boring so Brandon Miele is Rovers top goal scorer with 15 in all competitions while Gary Shaw has the most in the league with 11 Simon Madden has started the most games 42 and league games 31 and uh, his famous omission from Galway and we won't mention that only Galway's Connor Melody has made more sub appearances in the Premier Division with Michael O'Connor this season at 18 Kieran Kalluff made 19 for Rovers in the 2011 season no player has come off the bench more times without starting a league game than Limerick's John O'Flynn, 14. And Rovers currently have the same number of league wins as last season with 16 wins. If they finish with three draws, it'll be the fewest since the title winning season in 93-94. And then we have 40 goals conceded is the most since a total of 52 in 2005. Rovers have let in 17 in a home for the first time since 2008. I'm kind of glad Tomer's left now because this, this is rough. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Rovers have tor- Ooh, this is this is a doozy here. Rovers have thirteen defeats in the league, nine of them away from home. The hoops lost that many games only two other times since the eighties, which was eighteen two thousand and four, eleven away, and sixteen two thousand and five, six away. Well, relegation so season. So we've lost nine away games this season, and when we were relegated in two thousand five, we lost six. Jeez, it says a lot, doesn't it? So Rovers will become the first league of Ireland club in history to lose 13 times and finish in the top three. Always breaking records already. Mm-hmm. If Sligo or Galway go down, it will be the first time ever that Rovers ended up with more defeats than a relegated team. <laughs> oh my God. The Hoops have had the same number of losses as Sligo in 92 and 93. And we have Rovers have won their last game of the season in five of the last six years, including a 1-0 home win to Limerick in 2014. 
This is the first time since the 2010 title race that a team is capable of leapfrogging Rovers in the last day of the season. Derry were the last club to do it, beating the Hoops 3 2 at Martin Stadium to take sixth place in 2001. So we have Rovers won the 2011 title with a game to spare and had nothing to play for on the last day of 2016. In the other six seasons in the Itala era, Rovers could have moved up a place, although two of them would have required a massive goal swing. That's including the 2009 title. Technically, we could actually have won that title on the last yeah. day, but it was something crazy like a 17 difference in goals. <laughs> big, big swing, yeah. anyway. Let's open next. Up next, we have starting 11s and predictions. So I'll go with uh, I'll go for us as usual really and uh, I'm gonna switch it up slightly this week. I'm gonna go with Tom or Lukey Madden Pico Grace and I'm gonna go with Trevor Brando out wide with Finn and Bulger in the middle and I'm gonna have Duna in behind the striker and Mikey up front and I spoke about this earlier, asked about his feelings on the ten roll and I'd love to see him there. Last game of the season and uh, hopefully a bit of magic from him and like you said you can just switch him with Brando if it's not working. So uh, versatility there, and I'm gonna go with a I'm gonna go with a nice, nice three 0 win. Finish off the season. Uh, my team, I'm gonna assume Grace is back. I think he was injured for that break game. So I'm gonna go for Tomer. Have to put Tomer back in goal. Yeah. Madden, Dukey, uh Grace and Lopez. Uh, midfield, Trevor Mide, Finn McAllister and Bolger. So, no doing it. Sorry about that, James. And Mikey up front. Mikey up front. My prediction, a 2-0 win. 2-0 win. And um, we're also going to give everyone a great tip. And we are praying that it comes ahead. What have we got? So, we've got Galway to win at home. We have Derry to win at home. And then we have Sligo to get a point. And hopefully that'll send down the junkies. So, that's our tips from the East End this week. It's not beyond the realms of, realms no, of possibility. Galway have beaten Dundalk at home in each of the last two seasons, I think. Yep. So that's definitely that can happen. Dundalk have one eye in the cup final. Derry, I'd actually be worried about Derry because they just don't seem interested. Yeah, they're falling apart at the moment, aren't they? No one seems to want this third place because that three 0 defeat in Sligo, although the the conditions were horrendous, similar to Bray. I think someone was car from a corner. Mm. Uh, hashtag Storm Brian. <laughs> and the thing is as well, somebody made the point that Kenny could possibly have given his first chance at coaching by Pat, so that could he could be thinking of that, you know. He could have a bit of a soft spot for them. Yeah, we're truly looking glass now. Yeah, so we could put in um you put out a strong team for that, but I really do hope Galway do it. Hope uh, but then again we're hoping Derry win <laughs> that's what we're saying, you know what I mean? Derry are, are just behind us. Well if we get the win then fair enough, let's yeah. let's go with the Derry win as well. And that'll put the junkies down. And then that pitch invasion. They actually invaded the pitch like they won the league. When people said pitch invasion, I just thought they celebrated the goal. Because I hadn't seen Soccer Republic. So I thought, oh yeah, they're invading the pitch for the goal. No problem. They actually invaded the pitch like they won the cup final. Like two, three hundred people in the middle of the middle No, of the I, I have no problem with them running on the pitch when they confirm that they're staying up. It's Nothing's just that confirmed. they're actually not up. No, nothing. So that's, that is very premature. Yeah, so... Um, but we've got... Uh, Limerick are officially safe after a 2-2 dramatic draw home to Galway. Galway missed a penalty again. Ronan s- Murray. Did you see the two penalties awarded in that game? Well, Bodomer's great, isn't he? One of them, Freddie Hall, like, punched the head off someone. That was obviously a penalty. <laughs> punched but, it? Oh, he clattered yeah. him. 
But the other one, Garrett, it was the most comical dive of the season. Straight was, to the spot. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, so here are the results from the previous week. We had Pats 4-2, good win against Cork. Um, Cork were half cut, I'd say. All hung over. Well, we had uh, Caulfield coming out saying, I'll field my strongest team. And the second he said that, I thought, he's going to change the whole team. Yeah, so And he, he made eight changes. He dropped Mark McNulty for the first time in four years. That's disrespectful, I think. They won the league. They had the right to do what they want. Actually, my problem was, was with him actually coming out and saying that he would play his strongest team and then, and then just lying and dropping eight players and uh, then we'd still go 3-0 at Derry in some crazy conditions as well and uh, Derry had just fallen apart in the minute aren't they hmm. and then Bowles had a cracking win out in Dundalk with um, 1-0 win out there so uh, and did you know they actually play opera music at Oriel Park just before kickoff opera would that get players in the mood for games? Don't think so. Um, certainly doesn't match up with the with the scenery. But just going back to the first twenty five minutes of that night on Friday, we were in Bray, so just keep an eye on what was happening. The Finn Harps game versus Drogheda was called off. Okay, so that was part of the. Yeah, their pitch cuts up quite badly, doesn't it? That was part of the relegation scenario. They ended up going down because of results elsewhere. So that game was called off. First 25 minutes of Limerick at home to Galway was delayed because of what we mentioned about Bunimer and the sleeves. Mm-hmm. In that 25 minutes, Cork went 2-0 up against Pats and the whole thing just turned on its head yeah. in the game. And I'm going to name and shame here. Okay. When Cork were 2-0 up, Gray Merrigan, our pal Merrill. Good old Merrill, what's the story podcast? He tweeted... Pats are gone. Oh, Merle. You what, blew your beans out too early there. What were you thinking, buddy? Oh, God. I mean, we all wanted to say it. Like I said, boy, I think it was a bit premature. Yeah. I actually backed uh, Pats minus one. Yeah, great show. Do you know game. what? You called that, like, I think the week, like a week before that. You were all over that. So I got it was a the, great show. Tips from the East End coming yeah. next season. Got 11 to 4 on that. I was quite happy. 11 to 4, nice few quid. Did you see uh, Sadler's goal? That was brilliant. Unbelievable. And he did it, and he nearly did it, the exact carbon copy goal before that. He cut in again. He's got. He's really good at turning players, and he just let a shot fire. And it just blazed over crossbar, just about a foot over. Really good shot, and then some goal, wasn't it? Do you know what it reminded me of Cantona against Sunderland in 97? Yeah, just a bit more power. Yeah. And there was a little chip. Uh, Lionel Letizzi in goal, I think. It's good memory for your eyes. Yeah, right. I think yeah. so. Um so yeah so Carl it's going to the last day we want Pat's gone we want Galway and Sligo to stay up because we can go and drink cans on the bus going down there um, yeah I really hope to see that never relegated banner hashtag save the locker room Come for, yeah hashtag save the locker room um, yeah I'd love to see him go down uh, especially uh, after Conan Bourne's interview uh, never relegated and all that crap that he came out with so a reminder of the Player of the Year Awards after the game on Friday. Ten euro for a ticket and you get a drink and you get food and you get to see all those lovely members knocking around the Glenmalore and drinking and having a sing-song. There's a DJ, I think. DJ, am I right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Player of the Year Awards, all sorts of fantastic things to go and drink with your fellow brethren, your hoops brethren. So, um, yeah, definitely get down to that. It's going to be fantastic. Bars on until half eleven. And uh, you can drink till you're drink till you're full, 
And uh, we have free goodies for all junior hoopers and podcasters that come to the match in Halloween fancy dress. <laughs> uh, we don't. We won't be dressed in Halloween fancy dress. We will just eat all your sweets, and you have no say in the matter, uh, Bill and and uh, Glenn. So that's the someone's hoovering or no, someone's someone's cutting their grass. So apologies if you do hear that. Never know what to expect here in Johnny Blues. Yeah, and. Uh, so we have a big, big announcement. And once again, you know all about it already. Watch out for our last show of the season. Maybe not the last of the year, but it's definitely the last of the season. And they're in a season special in front of a live audience. Posted hopefully on Monday evening. It very much depends on Carl's condition again. But I don't think it'll be, it'll be, a, it'll be in any sort of state to be editing anything. But guys, this is a big, 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 big show. Big, a and big uh, we're really looking forward to this. We've got all sorts planned. We have got on-the-spot giveaways. We have drink from Curio Off License. We, we have, have food st- from Peachtree East. We have a stand especially built. We have a stand especially built. The lads were on it earlier on, and it's going to be a cracker of an occasion. And we have one more stipulation. It is now fancy dress for Halloween. So you have to dress up as whatever you think you can, but it's uh, you will not be permitted by Johnny Blue without fancy dress. So I'll have to whip out the uh, the, the old costumes. Can't see what I have there. Me and uh, me and Larish are going as as Rick and Michonne from The Walking Dead <laughs> this year. It's <laughs> good, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, congratulations to our undisputed question for the Eastland champion. That is Lukey Bourne and. Uh, We'll be back again next season with that because it was really interesting and we got great crack out of it. So we have Limerick on Friday and let's end the season on a positive note and get to our place. It's uh, the battle to avoid the European wooden spoon. <laughs> the battle to avoid the European wooden spoon. So we do want to our place, show progression and hopefully the junkies go down. And uh, see you in the East Dan, and keep on hooping, folks. Yeah.